super Good. laid back too. So oh, <laughs> say whatever you want. Swear, Swearing. don't. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck shit. Piss. Okay. Yep. All it's good. <laughs> yep. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Fuck is in the title of my company. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. If the day ever comes where we make money from our podcast, we can cross that bridge when we come to it. But I'm not too concerned about that right now. pretending like we're making money from our podcast be like oh yeah no sorry <laughs> the big wigs at uh, youtube are uh asking us to cut back right all right people are competing to advertise with you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. i've been chatting with the advertisers and they're not too happy about not swear happy words about so <laughs> better help <laughs> all right manscaped yeah, we ever you got a sponsorship of hairy pubic regions, Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're live now. <laughs> Welcome to the hot, World Podcast. What a hot intro for this week. We are not sponsored by Manscaped yet. Um, <laughs> well, hit us up. No, yeah, hit us up for sure. Okay, well, <laughs> welcome back, uh, y'all, to another. Lovely episode of What in the World podcast tonight. We're going to be talking with Liz, who is a, an author. She also has her own podcast and another website uh, called What the Fuck Just Happened. And uh, started that journey um, after her dad passed away uh, back in 2015. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure that I had all that right. Yep. So. Um, I will, you know what, I'll just let you, rather than me try and explain everything, since you are the expert on your own thing, I'll just let you give them the rundown of, uh, you know, your journey um, from that point to uh, to where we are now. Perfect. Okay, well, it's a little bit of a crazy journey and kind of unexpected twist in my life. So yeah, my um, book, podcast brand, it's called What the Fuck Just Happened. It's under WTFJustHappened.net, and I'm... So the book is What the Fuck Just Happened, A Sciencey Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And the podcast is 
OBTF just happened, all about the afterlife, no woo. So as I said, my dad passed away in 2015. It was kind of unexpected. And I was raised, I guess, culturally Jewish, but in terms of believing anything like afterlife, I was raised pretty much atheist and anything like an afterlife was, I mean, that would be about as realistic as the tooth fairy. So it was just a non-issue in my life. And then right when he passed away, I started to think, I became, to give a very long story, put it into a very short explanation. My first thought was, well, so much of science fiction comes true. And in that case, is time travel possible? Now, I wasn't losing my mind. I knew logically that wasn't true. But kind of in that grief fog, I just had this thought, you know, because if it is happening, we would have no idea if, for example, someone in 2000 years, you know, was it was teleported into 2000 years down the line when medicine was a whole other level. And again, I wasn't literally thinking I was like, we're all going to hop in a time machine or anything, but I ended up just Googling that. And I started reading a lot about Einstein's time theories of relativity. And if anyone knows the twin experiment. Oh, now we're talking, baby. Yeah, let's now go. You're talking. in Alex's <laughs> wheelhouse right now. You're you're speaking oh, my right. language. <laughs> okay, perfect. So in the twin experiment, which you sound very excited about, um, basically... It's a theoretical experiment because it has not been done. But if one twin travels at close to the speed of light and two years pass for them, I, mean, I don't have the exact time, right? But something like 20 years has passed on Earth. So I was like, okay, that's crazy. If one of the things we completely take for granted works just one way, like time, you know, that we take for granted works one way, it does not actually work the way we experience it. What else is the case? And then my next thought was, okay, so... If our consciousness is created by a brain and that happened one time to create me, why could that not happen again in, say, 300 years? And I wouldn't mm -hmm. be myself again, but why could it not just create? At least I would get to exist as a person again. And my dad would get to exist as a person. We wouldn't be ourselves and we probably wouldn't, odds of us meeting each other probably wouldn't happen. But when your only other thought is you're just all obliterated one day. Your standards are kind of low. So right. any idea of getting to exist again is pretty amazing. I Googled that, and that was kind of the big opener. I found Dr. Jim Tucker and Dr. Ian Stevenson. Ian Stevenson has since passed away. And they are child psychiatrists and professors at the University of Virginia in psychiatry. And they began studying cases of kids who had past life memories. And books, studies, I just delved into everything. And that was mm -hmm. just start I found the whole department at the University of Virginia that studies things I just never thought was possible and you know that's part of what they study and then it just went from right. there <laughs> so. yeah that's uh so that's super interesting because we've had um well our own talks before we started having guests on about that uh same type of thing and then we've had a couple of guests on one of which is uh is a good friend of ours who's a psychic medium um and she's delved into um, you know, past lives and stuff like that. Um, for both of us, when we've had readings with her, um, we had someone on uh, not too long ago who had a near death experience, and she kind of just like laid out basically what like the afterlife looked like when she went through her experience, uh, and it it was crazy. So, yeah, a lot of this is kind of in that same vein, and it's definitely in our wheelhouse of things we love talking about. Our, 
the near death experience interview. Um, Nancy was her name. I think right? it was. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nancy, if you're listening. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty sure that was it. That yeah. literally changed the way that I perceived the afterlife. I, mm-hmm. I've always been. I shouldn't say always. Most of my life. To give you some background, Liz, uh, I was raised, Ben and I were both raised in the church. Um, Ben's dad is actually a pastor. Was. Um, so he's was was a preacher's kid. Um, and post, probably like college, really, one of my degrees is in biblical studies, um, really started kind of thinking differently about religion versus spirituality versus mm-hmm. established religion versus, you know, okay, just trying to connect all the dots together. And, uh, gosh, there's so much out there. There's so many thought experiments to be had. Um, and to bring up something you mentioned about the twin experiment, uh, my mom is also seventh grade science teacher. She's, um, uh, big and she loves this kind of topic also um she brings up the fact that there were two astronaut twins and one did technically age quote unquote less on the space station um so it's it really brought into again like the theoretical of does time move differently is it all perception based Mm. is this you know something that's really part of our realm um it's it's interesting topic that I don't know that anybody has the quote-unquote answer to. Um, But what did you come out of that whole thought experiment, like with the twin experiment? I mean, I guess, where are you today in the sense of what are your thoughts on the afterlife? I guess I'll position it that way to you. Yeah, well, so I I began studying also psychic mediums. I Mm -hmm. read scientists that studied them, learned about near-death experiences, start getting really involved personally in organizations that studied psychic mediums and have a scientific advisory board of researchers and scientists studying this. And I have come away thinking at this point, I am absolutely convinced that the laws of the universe are different than we think, that there's definitely a lot of non-material, some way our consciousness interacts in some way we absolutely cannot explain. And I think there's a preponderance of evidence of an afterlife. I think it's most likely and what I'm, I can't really find any other explanation for everything I've seen. Yep. And I just am open and fearful and hope it doesn't <laughs> happen. But if physics comes along and comes up with an explanation that's better than afterlife, that I am open that could maybe happen. But at this point, I'm about as convinced as I think I could be. I I would say that we're Ben and I are both pretty again i always keep an open mind you know if something happens tomorrow and it's established like hey this is it like you die lights go out boom see you later you're just matter you know that's uh, now you either get buried in the ground or you turn into dust you know whatever if if that would be the case then great but i i think like you said there's so much evidence to suggest that this isn't it. I, I, I don't think any of us know exactly what happens on the other side. Or, well, if you talk to Nancy, she's got a pretty She'll good idea. She'll tell you idea. exactly what happened on the other side, which is a crazy story. Pretty wild, yeah. Um, but going back to mediums, um, sorry, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> and I, I could talk about this for hours. 
Um, are you familiar with the um, Teresa Caputo experiment that they did on her brain um, when she went into a reading? I know about a lot of different experiments done on mediums. I don't know specifically the one she participated in. It participated in was it with Dr. Julie Beichel or Dr. Gary? Uh, I don't. Do you know who she did it with? I cannot remember off the top of my head, but there was like a whole. There was like a whole uh, like. I guess did they make it part of her show? Like there's whole video documentation of it and everything. So it was either, and this tells you how much I can remember about the specifics, it was either NBC or ABC. One of those major stations basically set out to debunk Teresa Caputo, who's the Long Island medium. And, you know, she gets a lot of flack, you know, one of the medium, and I do think there's a lot of mediums out there that are using it for financial gain and are not necessarily doing it from a real place. Yep. Um, are not genuine, but, not able no. to do what they claim. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think there's a lot of that out there. Um, but I do think Teresa Caputo, whether she has a TV show or not, I do think she's one of the real ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, she sat down with this reporter and they hooked her brain up to, you know, brainwave studies. So when she went into her medium process, when she was trying to read the other side, So basically, there's two active parts of your brain. One part of your brain that when you're awake, you know, all these different regions light up. And then when you go to sleep, a lot of other portions of your brain light up and those other ones, you know, cool out. When she went into a reading, reading, her brain was reading like she was, she should have been dead asleep. Like all of her active portions of her brain, what Mm -hmm. should be active when you're awake talking to people, completely shut down. And all of the regions that should be active when you're basically asleep and dreaming lit up. And for and not only did that happen, but she was interviewing the reporter, not getting anything with the reporter, really. But then she's like asking questions. She's like, no, there's like a male presence here. There's definitely one of the camera guys. She picked up his like grandpa or uncle or something. And that camera guy was like, there, I'm nobody. Like, uh, you would not even be able to Google search who's on the NBC cameras. Like, maybe you <laughs> could get way deep into the weeds and find some information. But, like, I'm not a simple Google search. Like, there, she knew things that there was no way she should have been able to know. Yeah. And after that study, I was like, okay, then that kind of ties in with the whole, like, dreaming. I, I've had a dream. I lost a friend. I've told the story a hundred times. Swear I saw him in a dream guy had one amputated leg from the knee down i saw him in the dream two full legs smiling kind of just gave me a thumbs up and when i woke up i was like oh my god that was him like that was that wasn't just like a dream and i'm like you know oh people were there was that was him and then again it's like there's many stories of deceased people coming to visit their friends in dreams and their parents in dreams it's like how do people i mean and again people can believe whatever they want to believe i just don't understand how people can truly not think that there's something else that happens when when we leave here you know yeah which, i mean no go I'm ahead sorry, go on. no no i was gonna say which is like interesting from your perspective because you were you were on that side of it before like no I there's def- nothing there's nothing 
And then you went on this this research journey, and now your perspective has completely changed because I can't imagine the the I could well that's not true. I can imagine probably a little bit because we've all had some 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 semblance of an experience at least on this group of people on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, just some of the things that you saw or experienced that changed your mindset, and like because that that shift is drastic from going to no to oh wow yeah there actually is something out there. So much. I mean, for me, really, initially, it was the science. And uh, mm-hmm. I had not specifically known about Teresa Caputo, but I know the work of Dr. Jeffrey Tarrant, who scans mediums' brains, and he has noticed inexplicable activity. They're, when they're doing medium readings versus psychic readings, mm-hmm. psychic readings are when they, let's say you were getting a psychic reading, they'd be reading the energy of your life. like Yeah. When are you going to meet the person you love? Money, health, all the stuff people want in psychic. And versus when they are doing medium readings, they're having activity in different regions of their brains. And their brain activity is, yeah, that's exactly it. It's not typical brain activity. It's like when you're completely asleep or Mm -hmm. um, it's, I forget exactly, but it's like parts of the right part of the brain, like back right part and it's like being in a completely different state. Mm. And so I just thought that was so interesting. And he noticed consistency amongst the variety of mediums he studied in their brainwaves when they're doing a medium reading, when they're doing a psychic reading, and when they're just normal, you know, their resting state of their brain. And I thought that was fascinating. That's part of just, just a preponderance, <laughs> piles and piles of evidence. That was part of it. There's... um. This Dr. Julie Beichel, I found her research fairly early. Dr. Julie Beichel and Mark Bacuzzi are founders of the Winbridge Institute, and they conduct up to quintuple blinded studies on psychic mediums. So, jeez, to prove that you get accurate information when you know hot reading is eliminated, which is when someone would Google, for example, when yeah. cold reading, which is when someone would maybe read facial expressions, age, like even up to pupil dilation, and I, from what I've learned is some cold reading is unintentional. There are some ungen- non-genuine mediums who believe they're genuine. They've mm-hmm. you know, grown up in a culture where they're told this is real. They're told they have abilities and they're just you know, intuitive people. And then they tend to, they haven't been studied by the scientists and they probably get clients that are fairly believy. And yeah. so there are a lot that are not genuine that believe they are. There are a lot that are scamming and there's a percent that are absolutely genuine and able to inexplicably get information. I think that was the first thing was that there was all this science and you mentioned near-death experiences. There's Dr. Bruce Grayson, who's also at the University of Virginia. He's one of, he's a psychiatrist, a pretty traditional psychiatrist who's been studying near-death experiences. So I think it was just finding all this body of research. Like when I grew up, the only option I'd really heard for an afterlife was I'd heard about, you know, obviously heaven, God, Mm -hmm. none of that. There was no logic to that. In my mind, it seemed just fantasy the way it's presented. And you hear the Torah, the Bible, no disrespect if this is what people believe. Right. But if we're talking fact, you know, yep. that's a little, you know, blinded, peer-reviewed studies. That's not the Bible. There's just no reason beyond belief and faith to believe mm-hmm. it. And I'd also heard reincarnation, but I'd never heard it from, you know, the way Dr. Jim Tucker, Ian Stevenson studied it with facts, it was kind of this, you always heard karma and, you know, presented in a very sort of airy fairy way. So mm-hmm. there was just no 
reason to think there was an afterlife. I definitely believe that, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And if you're making extraordinary claims, the burden of proof is on you. And sitting and telling me, yeah, you survived death. There's nothing in our experiential day-to-day world that make well, me think that. The mediums have had very different experiences with that, I've, as have people who've had near-death experiences. My experience, I had not had anything tangible. I just mm-hmm. had never heard a logical argument. So when I started to find the research, that's what blew me away. And one of the lines that really helped me open up my mind to it is, you know, I believe it was um, David Chalmers who calls it the hard problem of consciousness. We don't understand how consciousness works. So yeah. it is just as all. much a leap to say that the material mass of a brain and the neurons, just the set amount of neurons end up firing together. You create this complex consciousness that it's not just survive and reproduce. It's like love, think, mm-hmm. philosophical. You get to the level of humans and animals, I think, have a lot more depth than we give them credit for a lot more. You know, it's about love and a hundred percent just having problem solved. Yeah. Having pets, just owning a pet will teach you that without having to delve into like the hard science behind it like i have a i have a dog and like yeah there's yeah. I, that dude has a consciousness for sure an, an attitude problem oh, some completely. days so like completely. yeah it's yeah yeah so a bunch of like in their brain neurons creating the complexity of consciousness is just as much an inexplicable leap of faith as it is to say that consciousness is stored in the cloud bank and downloaded by a brain right. so once i heard that it was like you know, you're right. Both of them, both mindsets are choosing to just believe something and not explain a certain very crucial step. And once that happened, I was like, okay, okay. There's, there's, there's a really logical reason when you put this all together to mm-hmm. think something's going on. So does your, does your book just kind of outline like your process your your timeline your storyline of discovering all of this evidence is that basically what it is yes it starts thanks yeah it it starts it's kind of as like the personal experience of my discovering the first batch in 2015 my dad first got sick all the way to um i guess it ends in like 2017 i believe and then i'm writing part two that's going to pick up where that left off but, oh nice yeah. yeah yeah so your your podcast maybe kind of the stop gap between the end of book one and now part two kind of also filling in like from 2017 on now or do you just completely is that separate but yeah. kind of like the same name um it's well so in my first book what the fuck just happened it's about you know, my dad getting sick. I start with reading about Einstein, twin experiment, mm-hmm. the split particle experiment. I'm going to go into a little quantum entanglement <laughs> to get, you know, discovering Dr. Julie Beichel, who studies mediums, to learning about NDEs and that there's actual research to then my saying, okay, I've got to meet these people. And it's when right. I start to meet these people. Okay. And then the podcast hat interviews these people. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who cool. do the research, the psychic mediums, the researchers. In fact, I think one of my next episodes is actually going to be with Dr. Jeff Tarrant, who scans mediums' brains. That's cool. Doing what you said Teresa Caputo we, went through. That's super cool. I will yeah. definitely be tuning in for that one. Yeah, it'll be Great. such an interesting listen for sure. 
but yeah, I had a lot of fun asking him all the questions. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I there's so much to think about it and so much to know and so much that you probably will never know. Sometimes I find myself like, am I just doing this as like a mental masturbation type thing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. It's one that I picked up from Joe Rogan. He talks about it all the time. Like when you find yourself in these like thought experiments and you're really going down the rabbit hole. Um, But I think the way we're wired for whatever reason, I mean, since the beginning of established human history, we've been trying to figure out who put us here, why they put us here. People worship the sun, like, oh, yeah, there's a god of the sun, and the sun put us here, you know? And then, no, the people who live by the sea said, no, it's the god of the sea, the sea put us here, you know? And then Christianity came along, and I I happened to believe the story of of Christ. I I think that there's a lot of nuance in there, um, I don't know that we necessarily get the full scope. I don't know that anybody ever will without the possibility of tra- time travel. Yeah. Um, if time travel was real, that'd be my first destination. Like, take me to Bethlehem. Like, I got to find this little baby. They're calling him Jesus. He's going to be a carpenter. <laughs> I got to follow this guy around and see, is there, what's going on with this? Because we live in a world now where, I don't know if you're familiar with like Oz the Mentalist. Um, he's a fascinating dude. He is so good at what he does. Um, to give you a short synopsis, like he he's been really famous recently. He's been in like some NFL rooms, like reading um, NFL players, and he'll say, "Okay, I'm gonna figure out your phone code." So I want you to imagine visually in your head that you're holding your phone. Okay, the first number is four, and then you can see the guy, and they're like, whoa. And then he's like, okay, now go to the next number, and he figures out their phone code. Or he'll, he figured out one of the presidents of, like, Chase Bank. It was his PIN number to his bank account. And he got a call from Chase after that interview, after that little episode he did, and Chase was like, you gotta, we have a security risk here. You gotta tell us how you're doing this. <laughs> and there's no woo-woo behind it. It's all reading people. It, he does it just by reading your eyes, your your hand movements, and he's very, very good at it. He would be one that you could say, he could trick people into being like, oh, I'm a medium. Yeah, I know. You know, like your Aunt Julie or whatever. He could figure that out. You know, there are a lot of shysters out there, and I think we live in a world where you can be tricked by some of those people um but i don't i I just i can't believe that it's all a big ruse you know all a big trick everything that we've been through with uh like us together alex there's no way that like we're gonna at least for us on our side are gonna believe that any like all of it's a ruse the entire time from the people that we've talked to and the experiences that we've had ourselves they're impossible for us to believe that everything is a trick it would take a lot it's not impossible i always keep an open mind but it would take a lot well and, it, you know I, you know hard evidence hard fact you yeah know. and well and that's you know that's what liz has done she's found all that hard evidence in fact which makes it even that much more believable because now we have something tangible to hold on to and go well this isn't all a trick these people are for real what I would love done 
is I would love to have the mentalists. I could pass some of the testing that the psychic mediums have done and see if Ooh, they can do you're it. You're onto something there. And they'd have to be watched, you know, because mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe I may, you know, I don't know to what extent they claim they're reading people's minds, or maybe they go in and set up cameras beforehand and quickly watch people enter their phones. Whatever. I love magic tricks and I love magic yeah. shows and. I'm sometimes curious to know how it's done. Other times I'm like, no, like, it's so fun. I don't want it all ruined. But I don't, I went and saw um, Aaron Brown with another friend of mine who's studying this. And we're like, what he did was remarkable. We lost ourselves in the show. We had one of the best times. But he did not do at all what I've seen the mediums do. Mm -hmm. But he, I would adore to have him and some of the others come try to do these tests i mean one example is get on the phone with somebody on a google voice number or not their number like the number of an office like winbridge Uh and have everything blocked and i think in this case also have someone watch them to make sure they're not don't have some weird technology and even though that they weren't watched in winbridge but they couldn't know. All they're given is a phone number to call a certain time and the first name of a deceased person. And they have to get personality, relationship to the sitter, the person receiving the reading, mm-hmm. memories, job, um, general age of death. Um, and I, I don't think someone, I don't think a mentalist can do that. They're not looking at the person. They don't know if they're speaking to a man or woman. They don't hear the person's voice. At times, some of the studies they do, some they don't, some they're not even on the phone with the person. There's um, a proxy sitter who's taking all the information Mm. and passing it. Well, the sitter is like mentally saying this is now is the time for my reading. I'm sending my person to this medium Mm. and they're getting accurate information. Not all mediums, but a percent. Yeah, that's wild. That's So, so wild. Yeah, yeah. And the Forever Family Foundation certifies mediums doing, it's not as intensive as Winbridge uh-huh. because it's not scientific studies, but doing, they still certify mediums. And then, so one of my dreams would be to take a bunch of really top quality mentalists. And, you know, you can't, I don't think it's fair to ask them how they do what they do because that's their craft and it's their art. And once mm-hmm. you know, it's ruined. And right. I don't necessarily want a mentalist selfishly. I don't want their shows ruined. I enjoy that stuff. Uh, I'm with you. Does, but yeah. in reality, you watch the shows, you get chills and you know it's a trick. And it's their art. And But I, my, one of my dreams would be to put them through the Winbridge studies, put them through the Forever Family testing, and then have them work with Dr. Jeff Tarrant and have their brains scanned. Yeah. And that'd compare be, the difference. Be some very interesting that would be sweet. data to yeah, look at for yeah. sure. I think mentalists yeah. just fall into the category of like modern day, like Sherlock Holmes. Like obviously Sherlock Holmes, a fictional character, but it was just someone who was highly intuitive and had great deductive reasoning skills. So I feel like mentalists kind of fall in that category of person or, or or like a david blaine you know yeah I'll, I'll watch some david blaine stuff and i'm like that dude sold his soul to the devil i don't know how <laughs> yeah, he's doing some... that magic trick yeah. but that's gotta be magic that that dude has magic in his hands i know it i know he doesn't i know it's a trick but when i'm watching it i'm like God i'm not damn fully it, convinced that, it's he's a the trick, devil I'm he is the devil it's a trick i feel like maybe he... there's that 
there's that there's still that small gap between you know science and what we don't understand where like maybe magic is actually real in that and david blaine i feel like would fall into that because there's there's stuff that he does and i'm like there's no you could try to explain this to me all day long and i would just be like no it's magic he there's no shot yeah he's I think it's a trick. I think, <laughs> but I think the complexity. It definitely like, is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, understanding a lot has to also do with neuroscience and understanding. Yeah. I read a book on magic and neuroscience. A lot of it, the illusion is they understand aspects of how our eyes perceive things and translate them in our brains. So they do tricks like that. And probably some of the tricks that you find out are so obvious, you know, probably the things like, they might have a plant in the audience. They might, who knows, like cameras that zoom in on things. They, they yeah. would never say that. But I, my guess is some might be simpler than we even realize. Like, I watched a show, I forget, it was, like, quite a long time ago. On I think it was on Netflix or something, but it exposed how magicians did tricks. And they were older tricks, so it wasn't ruining anyone's career. And it was so interesting, and it was a little disappointing. You're just like, oh, it's kind of, it's not obvious, but it is. Yeah, and I think I've so, seen probably clips from that, and I was like, oh, that's how they did that? Dang, I'm dumb. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah. and it's not that you're dumb. It's just like they have to, like the sleight of hand is crazy, and like like you said, with like how our brains perceive stuff, they just know how to to manipulate it, and then your brain goes, I cannot believe what I just saw, so we're gonna change it to something more believable. Right, right, which is wild. Mm -hmm. it's so crazy how powerful the brain is in that aspect to essentially twist reality to make you to make something that is extraordinary seem more ordinary right right and they probably i mean part of its performance they do timing you're in a theater like it might not be so fun you know who knows if they're just sitting in front of you and they're not good performers definitely part of it's the performance and i bet also, they bring in a lot of technology and just I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, you go to, um, you know, Darren Brown's and for all we know, it's some of them, they're zooming in on people's phones with technology and seeing texts and seeing mm-hmm. who knows what and Googling people as they come in. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's stuff like that. They have Chinese they face for- recognition in the theater. <laughs> exactly Aaron Brown is nuts that guy yeah he's very good at what he does um not to totally change the subject but to change the subject a little bit who's been your most interesting interview would you say from writing the book to your podcast to or maybe somebody that wasn't even recorded you just had a chit chat with who who do you think would be the most interesting or maybe the one that like changed your perception the most Wow, that's such a hard question. I know. Um, I have to say, well, the ones who changed my perception the most, I hadn't even met all of them, were the early research that I found, because that mm-hmm. was very early. So this is based, I guess I'd say, like, you know, the research of Winbridge, Dr. Julie Beichel and Mark Bacuzzi. And I, Mark is on my podcast, and Dr. Julie Beichel is on an upcoming one. I wouldn't say that they are any more interesting than some of the people I met later. It's just the the coincidence of being the first people mm-hmm. I met had a life-changing impact more than people I know now who are doing just as mind-blowing research. So Dr. Jim Tucker, who I still haven't met, he was the very first one I found. So just reading that book at the very first thing was just had this 
hour over me. And the very first medium reading I had, she actually isn't even doing readings anymore. She's not even involved in the research. I kind of found her by coincidence, and she turned out to be really good. But there's no other medium reading. Some have just been mind-blowing, and I've gotten chills. But the first one, and one that happened to be amazing, that's just remarkable. And then, you know, I'd say the mediums I met along the way is getting to become friends with them, like my friend Joe Peretta or Rebecca Anlo Cicero, Renee Buck, like, I become friends with them early on. And I'm like, these are really normal people. And they're really sane people. And granted, that in and of itself doesn't make it true. Because I mean, no disrespect to anyone who's religious, but I've had a lot of religious friends, and they're very genuine and very smart. But that doesn't mean I believe their religious beliefs. Right. So but they're also saying, I believe this through, like, my cultural upbringing, through reading the Bible or the Torah, you know. But these mediums are saying, I'm directly having this experience, and this happened, and I know mm -hmm. this. And they have given me readings before they became my friends, and I hid my identity, and they were very accurate, and now I know they're not cheating. So <laughs> I'd say the early people, and then I, I'd say I had one main mentor in all this who really me and sadly she passed away but mm. fran ginsburg the founder of forever family foundation just kind of she and her husband um, bob ginsburg i'd say is another very impactful person they found you know i found them very early on so they really helped me process everything i was seeing but i'd say in terms of like the guests on my podcast and the people i met in my book like i pick all ones that i think are remarkably impactful so i can't say one's more impactful than the other and i think mm -hmm. you know the person i meet I just met this year would have had the same level of impact that Dr. Julie Baishal had on me if I found them year one. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That that first medium reading. So that was your first one ever, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. picked up on. I hope I'm not asking, uh, not over anything. the line. But okay. Did she pick up your dad? Is that yes? Very, Very cool. accurately. Wow. Yeah. I was amazed. She picked up that my cat just died. She picked up my dad's personality. She picked up memories. She picked up stuff about my grandma. She picked out, she picked up like stuff about my mom and me. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I'd met a few other mediums early on. There's another one I met, Laura Lynn Jackson, but I didn't have a reading with her yet. I'm actually still on her way list. But she did a workshop really early. So that was the first medium that I met, not in a reading situation, mm -hmm. but in one that like, I guess I saw in a different context. And so, and she introduced me to Fran, my mentor. So nice. that was kind of was very important, but she was very impactful early on. Just get, I went to workshops that she did mm -hmm. and that opened a lot of eyes. And Nice. Um, has your dad come through in any of like, did he come through and like, like have a message for you in any of the readings that you, that you've been through or anything like that or no? Yeah, he always he has messages. That's, I mean, for me, good. I want the evidence more than the depth. I'm like, tell right. me just facts. Like, I to me, this is like, you, this is the most profound, scientific, mind blowing stuff. So some people like want the messages of love. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know my dad loved me. I'm kind of more like, tell <laughs> me <Yeah. laughs> something stupid like the shoes he wore. You know, that's yeah. right. more impactful right. to me than when they're like, he loves you. He's so proud of you. But some of the messages that he and my grandma are proud really resonate because they're also evidential because like I took this twist after my dad passed and he would not have approved of what I'm doing when, when he was here. My grandma would not have approved. And so they've been like, wait, are you writing? Like, did you have some major turn in your life? And 
you know, there's some way you feel like they wouldn't be proud of you like with what you're doing. They want you to know they're really proud and keep doing it. So when it's like Bam. that, I'm like, okay, that gave that's me chills. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That gave me chills. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is really nuts. And I mean, I just. I don't want to say I ever get used to that, but I've had multiple readings that evidential and more. So I've yeah, some of them were... get names. Not all of them do, but some. So it's it's pretty. You're literally watching people do defy the laws of physics as we understand physics to be, and yeah. to me, that's just so profound. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm trying to. I got a whole jumble of thoughts i'm trying to string together here in my brain before i just word vomit all over the place so give me a second uh yeah i'll give you a second our cut me off whenever you want our first interview with uh, a medium wasn't even supposed to be like a reading it was very supposed to be just like she's one of my sister's good friends one of my good friends these days um i met her through my sister and um, it was just going to be a day in the life of a medium type deal, you know, not, we didn't want a reading. I didn't want to like abuse her time. And, uh, we were live. You can watch the video where she's picking up on my grandpa, which uh, that grandpa I never met in real life. He came to me in a couple dreams when I was young and I would know weird shit about him. Like his favorite color was orange somehow. Um, never met the guy orange kind of a weird favorite color for a, a guy you know but that was his favorite color i knew um he loved a, a grapefruit salad i knew that when i was young <laughs> somehow um we still call it grandpa gordon salad um she picked up on him and again i have so many people unfortunately that i was very close to that have passed away handfuls that i would have thought okay you know maybe that person but not that guy and that was who came through and she's picking out things that like again i hardly know about because i never met him and we're live and i'm just like holy shit like not and everybody always says like about people who have passed like oh smile would light up a room you know that was not my grandpa he was a very stern kind of a prick according to my mom again never met the guy (laughs) Um, and Emily, our friend was like, yeah, he wasn't like super nice. Was he? I'm like, how the fuck does she know this? Like, (laughs) how does she know this? This, she should not know this. This is crazy. And that's obviously so honest because if you're going to cold read someone, you're not going to be like, yeah, your grandpa kind of was an ass. Like, yeah, yeah. And we didn't ask for it either. Didn't. Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was wild. Didn't ask for it all. The thing that, cause I was always. Uh, very skeptical of mediums before that interview and towards the end of it she picked up on my grandpa my dad's side who had just died uh like a year earlier um and she knew nothing about me this was my first meeting with her ever and then so then she just starts reading my grandpa out of nowhere and she's just like yeah he's super happy for you like you know he loves you he he regret he regrets that you like you guys didn't get to see each other each other that much because like he lives in australia so we saw him when we were little when we lived there and then hadn't made it back um, and all that. And I was like, what the, how do you, how do you know all this stuff? And then she like, basically was like, yeah, he, you know, he wants you to like, let your dad know that like, he's good and he's at peace now. And he's not like hurting anymore and any of this stuff. And I was like, um, I'm going to cry now. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was uh, I was on a bachelor party at the time. In a room, I had snuck out to a room, you know, to to shoot this interview. 
Um, and she starts talking about a young female who's passed away. And Ben and I are both like, no. And she's like, well, Alex, are you like, are you around people right now? She didn't know that I was on a bachelor party. I'm like, yeah, there's like a handful of other guys. And she's like, do me a favor and go ask them if any of them know like a young female presence. Sure enough, one of my buddies, younger guy who does not believe in any of this shit, comes on. She starts explaining everything in great detail to this young man. And I didn't really know if he was buying into it or not. Um, she tells him a few things. You know, we wrap up the podcast. I'm like, man, that was crazy. And this kid, he's not like a, he's a great guy. Um, but he's just not one of those like warm, bubbly type people, you know, very reserved. He walks up to me and he's like, hey, do you have her, her phone number? Can I call her real quick? Because who she was picking up on, uh, I really want more from that person. I'm like, yeah. So he took my phone, went and did like a 20-minute phone conversation, came back and handed my phone to me. And I was like, did she pick her up? And he just looked at me and goes, yeah. And then that was it. I didn't ask him about anything else. Any, was, I, didn't, I didn't need the details, but yeah. I'm like, Jesus, this is wild. It was man. so wild to just watch that happen live. I still get, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it again because it was just, it was insane. I was like, what, what is going on right now? So, yeah. yeah, it's, I'm fully convinced. Like, I've, yeah, I've had one other, I've had two readings from Emily after that podcast, and both times she's been like spot on with stuff. And I was just like, okay. Ooh, you so, have to give me her info. Yeah. I'd love she's, to. She's, uh, yeah, I'd love to. She's busy now. She's like her, like, uh, her, her business. She's finally like got her like mediumship business, like up and off the ground and going. And she's, she's booked out a lot. Like she's, she's doing well, which I'm super happy to see. But yeah, we can definitely, uh, get you her info because she's, she's amazing. I love that. Okay. She's yeah, quit. please. She quit doing hair and she's doing that full time now. I still go see her. Oh, I, it's been a while. I went in December to go see her for a reading, but yeah, I'll definitely get you her information. Yeah. Um, and we we have another medium. We have actually we have a mentalist and a medium lined uh, up interview coming up. Yeah, oh, oh nice. Yeah. Who? It'll be super fun. Who's the medium and who's the mentalist? Uh, I would have to check my email. <laughs> I'll let you know here in a second. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. This uh, this network of people um, that we've kind of stumbled into is so cool. So many different, interesting, so many. really intriguing people. Oh yeah, and like I was, I was telling some people earlier because they asked, you know, every now and then, you know, what's your podcast about? I'm like, well, you know, we transitioned from just talking about you know current events and stuff because it was depressing to now we just talk about you know. Uh, people and their like specialties or their hobbies like what they're really into and more often than not we always end up coming back to this topic or this realm of topics uh you know the afterlife the afterlife the supernatural um spirituality and i think you know that's basically where this podcast is going to reside for the most part um is for some reason we always just come back like we we attract or people that are in this genre or realm i would gravitate to like we all gravitate to each other and we just keep more time more often than not we just always come back to this subject so it's it's been really fun and cool to see the different perspectives from different people with the mediums um people that uh you know have had near-death experiences we had one lady on who um 
does like work with bone making jewelry out of human bones but she also does some of like the the supernatural stuff on the side as well she was actually one of the original members from like ghost hunters back in the day before they were like on tv um so yeah it's been really interesting that we always come back to like this topic in some way shape or form i love that it is cool so fascinating it's 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 the most yeah. fascinating and then so like that's why i like i'm excited with this because you know we have all of them with their personal experiences and now we get to talk to you who's looked at the science behind it and given it like a tangible foothold that people can like oh there's actually a lot of research about this it's not just a bunch of hoopla and two dudes on a podcast talking to somebody in their basement that like you know has a gift like <laughs> is it for real well, yeah, here's, you know, Liz, who actually went and lived, lived it and found the science to back it up. There is so much science. That's the crazy thing. I mean, I have an amount of studies. I've only read a portion. There's just more and more and more. And so many smart people studying this and coming at it from a logical perspective. And I think that's just what's not known is the more like non-believable stories are the ones that tend to make the rounds and what people hear Mm -hmm. about. So it's easily dismissed because you hear these absurd stories and, you know, most of the people who will hear about psychic mediums before delving in, they never hear of like research being done at the University of Virginia, a division of perceptual studies. They don't hear of Winbridge and Dr. Beichel's top-of-line and peer-reviewed studies. Like you just don't hear that. I had to really dig to find that. So it's this whole other aspect of it is just never really known. Yeah. And I think it's super unfortunate that it has flown so under the radar as it, as it does. And I think a big part of it was because for the longest time, people just thought it was a bunch of hoopla and not actually anything. Um, so I, I do hope that like through you and your book and the pod and your podcast and us hopefully getting the word out there and these studies coming to the light of day a little bit easier, um, kind of drags it out from the dark and puts it more in a positive light to people. Cause I think for me, it's been helpful. And I think that it has uh, a lot of uh, help to give to other people who are struggling, uh, you know, Maybe with right. a death in the family or something, or sometimes it's just nice to know. Just to you know, if you're curious about like something, I my last reading with Emily, I was just curious. I was like, you know, she it wasn't a medium reading; it was a psychic reading. So she did you know read tarot, and I was just like, I was just curious about like what this year is gonna hold for me. I was like, yeah, was there some specific? Sure, but like I just I didn't even need specific. I just wanted a general gist of like, is it gonna be a good year? Like what you know, what do I have to look forward to on the horizon? Uh, and it was it was helpful. It's like it's been great. It's just and you know what's fascinating is there's so many studies that go back in history too. I don't know if you guys have heard of all of the um, Society for Cyclical Research and the a- American Society for Cyclical Research, and then the Society for Cyclical Research is based in England, I believe, in London, and they've been doing studies since the 1800s. Wow. Very one of the historic one of the first studies i read about was william james studied a medium leonora piper and this is william james the author henry james brother a very logical man and i believe this was in like late 1800s i'll have to check the dates but he went to a group reading with the medium leonora piper and he watched her give readings and he's like 
if she's accurate, if she's if she's genuine. And what I thought, and it sounds like well, you guys thought when you first saw Medium, he was like, if she's accurate, this changes the whole definition yeah. of consciousness. And so he became obsessed with studying her. And he, the time it was before Google, was even before telephones, he'd hire private detectives to follow her around and delve into all these studies. And she, in the end, he was just mind blown and convinced and she was getting accurate information. And then to this day, we're still have those levels of studies in lots of places. There was a department at Stanford. It's since closed, but Stanford had a department. Duke had a department that studied this, that branched off into the Ryan Education Center and the Ryan Institute. Like all these places, they've studied mind's ability to affect matter. And when you experience something like that, like I've been to Spoon once, and that was just life-changing for me. I was like, how, how did... I do that, but it's tangible. It happened in my hands. I can't deny it happened. So yeah. you know. what what is that spoon you said? Spoon bending, you know, when Oh, when they um, just like I, Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a stage stage magic and then I um had two experiences that verified it. One I was able to do it, one where I wasn't, but both verified. So the first one, I mentioned that medium Laurel and Jackson, she did a workshop very early on and I'd already heard about spoon bending in classes I was taking at the Rhine, taught by a parapsychologist called Lloyd Arbach. And what's very interesting about him is he's also a professional mentalist mm. and he studies psychic mediums. And he's also a mentalist and stage magician. So he knows oh, he's how all the up in it. Are done. He is all up he in does. every aspect yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. So he knows what to look for and he's convinced that there's a portion of genuine psychic mediums and so he was talking about spin bending and i was shocked because i was like i just thought my whole life that was a magic, magic trick, trick i mean right. that was like yeah if he came if you know someone came out and said oh and like, like i don't know one of the most famous card tricks was real i would have been astounded so i just like, i can't really believe that's true really and then while i was in the middle of his class i went to this workshop that Laura was holding and she's like, okay, we're doing spin bending. And I was like, no way. Really? <laughs> and so, you know, we all take our spoons. They kind of rev up the energy of the room. Everyone has to go a little silly and play music and make it a little fun. And then you have to stare at your spoon and mentally try to bend it. And I look over and all these people are like bending and balling up their spoons. I was like, what the actual fuck? That's crazy. And I'd like tested, like before you, they, she even revs up the energy of the room, you're supposed to like, try to bend your spoon with strength to see it's a normal spoon. Uh -huh. And I couldn't. That's just my friend was a guy who was a lot physically stronger and he couldn't. And then we started like, and we got into like the try to bend it with your energy. And I felt my spoon get like suddenly super, super hot and my hands get really hot. And then it was like, I, I mean, I, I didn't just fall over, but I pushed it over, but it was like pushing liquid. It was so gentle and just bent right over. And I was like, amazed. Then it just got cold and I couldn't bend any other part of it. And I went to another spoon bending workshop that was hosted by Lloyd Arbach. And it was me and like five other women, like all in the room who are about the same size. And they're all psychic mediums and I'm not. And he dumped a group of spoons and forks on the table. I was like, okay, let's try to bend them. And I was unable to bend any of them and I was handing them off to the mediums and they were just like bending them like it was nothing. The same ones I couldn't. So that also shows it's not a magic trick. They aren't yeah. trick spoons. And 
So That's, I was just that I, is I don't know. wild, dude. Crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I'm not yeah, me up googling about, spoon bending workshops after this. I was just gonna say, up until yeah. about three minutes ago, I thought that was all a load of horseshit. <laughs> also, um, yeah, but, like. Nah. But, How could you think it was real? Of course, it seems like horseshit. Yeah, yeah, a That's magic insane. trick, right? I mean, then, yeah, but I, oh, yeah. there's another part to it. I can say that I learned from Lloyd Arbuck. This is in one of his books. I forget the name of it, but look up Lloyd with one L Arbuck, and you'll find his books. They sent some of the they sent spoons that were bent by like psychic mediums or some, you know someone like me in a workshop. The energy bending of spoons, and they sent those. And one spent by like weightlifters to a metallurgist to examine if there were differences. And they found differences in the grain boundaries. When they were bent with energy, the grain boundaries stretched. And when they were bent by like a weightlifter with strength, they were broken. That's fucking wild. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, even know what to say about that. That's that's crazy. So theoretically, because I what know the fuck just happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I guess so theoretically, what you could do with that spoon, then it that one's bent with energy, is you could bend it back to perfectly straight. Because one of the things with metal, if you bend it with strength or anything else, it'll never go back to perfect straight because those bonds were broken. So with energy, dude, hold up. Well, it's it's like you're heating it versus te- not tearing it, but you know, using force. Yeah. yeah, it it it's a different molecular way to do it. Yeah, yeah it's wild. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's yeah, absolutely I, insane. Yes, if I straightened it, it probably would still, because then it would be my strength that straightened it. You well, know? So. Yeah. So I would say, like, if you were to bend it back with the same energy to straight, it would probably go back to being as perfectly straight as it was before. Whereas if you bent it with just brute strength, that's not going to go back to perfectly straight ever because those like molecular bonds were broken instead of stretched, which and now my mind is in somewhat of a pretzel. Um, yeah. I have no idea. I never thought of that. Uh, that's why I want to ask well, about that. I'm going to ask. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever seen the movie? Is it Men Who Stare at Goats? I love that movie. It's hilarious. Yes. I've yeah. heard of it. I haven't seen it. That's about um. Oh wait, the government psychic, the remote viewing. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like a, a, right? a whole government thing about trying to like spy on the our enemies with like yeah. It's a it's a goofy okay, movie yeah. about it, but because like was it George Clooney and who else was in it? But like they it's, took a goofy spin on it, but yeah, it's the same type fun. of thing. It's founded on a true story. story. Now it's highly satirical and more of a comedy than anything, you know, but it is founded. Why I said that was, you know, people forget that not that long ago, that was in the seventies. The government took this serious enough to be like, okay, can we do this? You know, can we, they succeeded because the Stargate, I had one of the, I took a class with one of the Stargate remote viewers and I just had him on my podcast, Paul H. Smith. Yeah. There was a I love murder mystery. Ben, save your comments. This is a recurring topic on this uh, show. Um, but I listened to one murder mystery podcast who they found um, remains of, of a girl who hadn't been found in like two years. It was an anonymous note sent into the police department. And the only thing that frustrated me about this was the podcast kind of skipped over it. Like, oh, yeah, this is just what happened. 
Um, but the police department got a note from who they assumed was the killer because it was like coordinates of the body. Well, and it wasn't exact coordinates, but it was pretty close. It was like, you know, just say a mile off. But in an area that had been searched, they looked, so they figured like, okay, this note had to have come from the killer because the killer knew where the, well, they show up and it's like, again, very woo-woo type thing, but it's like a cult of people like wearing like white clothes and they're like, oh yeah, we sent that. And they're like, well, did, so one of you is under arrest for murder. They're like, no, we're remote viewers. Like we just knew, like, sorry, we were a little bit off. And they were like, you should have taken this route, not that route. And it would have got you there. And they're like, okay, well, yeah, definitely one of you is under arrest for murder. And they're like, no, like all had alibis and didn't know the girl. They ended up catching the real murderer. Like, well, what the fuck? That's kind of crazy. Like, is this a true story? Yeah, this is 100% true. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the girl. Um, I could look back through my podcast, but it's, yeah, no, it's 100% a true story. Um. And I can't remember if they said it was remote viewing or if they had like talked to the girl on the other side or what exactly the deal was, but pretty damn close with where her remains were. It's like, well, that was just kind of breezed over in this podcast. Like, maybe if we take another look at that, we're not just going to blow past (laughs) that like that didn't happen. Run it back. (laughs) (laughs) Just so I'm understanding. Okay. Yeah. No. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. It's, uh, there's so much to unpack from it all. So much. And so many logical people. Like, I think I definitely had stereotypes of what someone who researched the afterlife would be like, or what a psychic medium would be like. And none of it has held up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought, like, researchers would either be really, really weird or... You know, which maybe some people could make an argument about this with someone like me, like in grief and lying to themselves. But then when you start going through the facts, you're like, you can't lie to yourself about yeah. that. And then I assume psychic mediums, remote viewers would all be really weird people or just really deceptive people. And you get to know them. You're like, they're they're not. They're genuine. They're smart. They're mm-hmm. I mean, just getting to know them personally has absolutely changed my mind, too. Oh, 100%. I'll fight somebody right now if they badmouth Emily, but... Yeah, that's how I feel about my friends, too. I'm like, these are, like, my friends. Like, yeah. great people. I, I like the phrase you've kind of coined, if you will, like, taking the woo-woo out of, you know, like, the afterlife or, you know, what's yeah. next, because similar to, like, Sasquatch or aliens or whatever, this this general discussion draws a lot of the crazies in and there is a lot of the crazy out there that you know takes this to a different realm of like okay come back to earth a little bit you know like we still live on a planet you know so let's you know we're all still people with skin who talk to each other but when you do take that woo woo aspect out of out of the the realm of discussion and just focus on the facts it's like, how do we argue this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you it's, can't. Uh, it's, you can't. Because that was the I same mean, way. Might... Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just I was very logical about things. After I left, being you know a preacher's kid or whatever and all that mess, very logical and like black and white perception of the world for a while. Um, and then, like Emily's told me before in reading she's like you're very connected to the spiritual side of things don't shut that portion of yourself off which is what i did when i left because i was jaded after i left all that 
Um, and, you know, having opened back up to it and, you know, readings with her and the people that we've been interviewing, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it, it's nigh impossible to just look at the world and especially this topic with just black and white eyes in pure logical sense. Yeah. I mean, you could say, and I, I know there's some people who research this who say this, um, that they don't think there's an afterlife. They think we're going to find an explanation for what's happening, not based on an afterlife. And okay, that's fine. But you can't deny that this data exists. Mm -hmm. And there's even been statisticians like, have you heard of um, Professor Jessica Utz at all? She is a statistician and she's a professor of statistics. Um, I, I, I'm blanking at which university, so apologies for that. Right. But she was called in, she didn't really believe any of this, and she was called in to examine statistics of some um, um, parapsychological studies. I forget which ones initially. And she examined the data and was like, okay, yeah, something's happening. And she examines a lot of statistics right. related to parapsychology. And I mean, she's a literal statistician and she's saying there's positive results. I mean, these are not people who are woo-based people at all. Yeah, very it's like much. The woo ways are the ones that get the attention. And that's why there's so much dismissal of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've certainly encountered the woo people along the ways and, I, you know, when I start talking about them, they're just like, like, you know, some might be like, oh, I should be in your podcast. I do this. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And then they're just like, you know, when I say this types of questions, I'll be asking, like, I'll never yeah. hear from them again, you know? Yeah. So. I love that. We're coining so many phrases. Woo people. I love that. <laughs> woo people. I'm going to start using that now. Yeah. You're a woo person. <laughs> the woo yeah, people. No disrespect. But yeah. Like, yeah. People wanting to believe, like, there's people who want to live through belief and mm -hmm. as long as you're not passing laws that are hurting people and imposing your views onto forcing people to live your way which is unfortunately what has happened some with religion as yeah. long as you're not doing that like i don't care what you believe as long as you're not hurting others but if you're you know there's a set of people that don't want belief they want data mm -hmm. and here it is and, yeah here it is which you know when i I think the topic does draw so many naysayers as well because it it is kind of an uncomfortable thing to say like look we know that this is happening but we can't explain it all you know like there there's no concrete foundation like you can't write a book explaining every little nuance of this topic right and that's a little bit uncomfortable and it's a little bit uncomfortable to to say i don't know exactly how this all works but there's evidence here to suggest that there's more to this than than just what's here and it's easier to say listen when we die lights out that's it that's a very easy way just as easy as it would be for me to say hey god's in the sky god loves me as long as i live the right life i get to go to heaven and I get to pick my house on the streets paved in gold. It's just as easy to say, when we die, this is it. Lights out, blank, see you later. You're stardust. Um, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to push yourself into that realm of saying, okay, I don't know exactly how it all works, but I know that there's something in between. And that's, where, that's what we're chasing, basically. Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to, to figure it out. And then you got to deal with, like you said, you get the naysayers on both sides because now you've delved into 
the realm of, well, it's not exactly how the Bible says it. And it's definitely not, there's nothing after. There's this weird in between where like Nancy, when we had our interview with her, the near death experience, she, she told us, she was like, yeah, you sit there and you go through basically a movie projection screen of like your life and you get to watch your life unfold and get to feel what it was like to interact with you. And if you make it through that, cool. And if you get stuck at some portion of that review, that life review, then you're just stuck there until you can like move past it or don't move past it. And that could be your version of your personal hell as you just live that over and over. But if you get past all of that, then you can hippity hop in and, and do whatever. But it's like, as far as she was saying in her experience, it wasn't exactly like, you know, the Bible said, you know, streets of gold and all that mess. It was just... You know, it was just a very, it was just a nice place to be. And then you got booted from there. And then, you know, she also told us that, you know, if you don't believe in hell, you're not going to go because, like, you don't believe in it. It's not there for you if you don't believe in it. And just get stuck at your life review forever. So you go, you have that side of it. And you have, you know, us who have interactions, have had interactions with mediums and psychic mediums that are like, yeah, your loved ones can come back and forth and talk to you. Obviously, they're talking to you right now. And all that, and then other people are just like, "No, none of that's real." And you're like, "Here's the science. Here's what I experienced. I don't know what to tell you." Like, and my guess would be this is the first I heard about near death experiencer who said you can get stuck reviewing a certain part of it. I've heard about life reviews. A mm-hmm. lot of near death experiencers report them. I would guess that you're not eternally stuck there. I would guess it's just like. You know, humans, when you have to work something out, yeah, that maybe you're stuck there for a long time, whatever a long time means, and time means on the other side. And you know, probably someone like Hitler is very different than someone who like, we definitely brought up when had a really that interview. Bad day, <laughs> yeah. like you know, or maybe just something really bad, like cheated on their spouse. But like that's a lot. That's nothing compared to like Hitler. So you know, maybe someone like a Hitler is, from what I've heard, that. And you've done horrible things, other people you feel mm-hmm. you then feel what they felt. So Hitler's yeah. maybe there for like maybe oh, until the oh, big what? crunch for all we know. I would like <laughs> yeah. that. Like the whole time this galaxy exists, Hitler is experiencing people's pain. He's Hopefully got he at least wife. ten million feelings to feel. <laughs> oh, at least. Yeah, yeah. And then the people who affect it were affected yeah. by the loss. I mean, everybody. So yeah, maybe that's where he is until the big crunch and we have a whole new galaxy and, you know, and someone who cheated on their spouse or maybe, like, wasn't the best parent, sometimes hit their child and was good in other ways. Like, mm-hmm. maybe they're reliving that for, you know, as they should, but for a percent of time, kind of being like, this is where you did good. This is where, hey, you know, just like with a really good, like, mentor. Hey, this mm-hmm. is where, you know, what was going on there. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, someone like Hitler, it's like, oh, my God, you, like, fucked up more than anyone has practically ever <laughs> fucked up <laughs> at all. You're, like, one of the number one fuck-ups of all time. Like, this is not a <laughs> What happened? Solution. Where did we go wrong? I, yeah. I like how you yeah. picked up on that because that's exactly how that conversation unfolded about whether there's a hell or not was, yeah. like, that's what Nancy said. Like everybody always brings up Hitler and I was more so talking about like serial killers, but at the same time, like you can bring Hitler into that conversation. That's a great example. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all uh, again, having, and this interview has changed my perception on life experience also 
um, every interview I've I've walked away with just a little bit more like in my bucket than when I walked into it, yeah. you know, to like go out there and really face the world and be like, okay, like I'm not completely crazy looking around at people thinking like there's more of this, right? Like there's more, there's gotta be more than this. A hundred percent the same. And it, not that it's like maybe like all of these interviews we had like more carefree in my day-to-day life, but it's, there's a lot less that I worry about now, at least for the other side. Cause I'm like, okay, well now I've had glimpses into it and I have had some things that I've, you know, believed from for a long time validated. And I've had some things that change what I believe, but it, the end of it i'm like i'm not worried about what comes after and now i'm more yeah. focused about living in the moment and enjoying what i have here which has been so freeing i would say that i am probably exponentially more happy than and this is a generalization so don't like crucify me for this but um exponentially more happy than somebody who is like stuck in religion whatever it is worrying about their actions day to day on how that affects their afterlife i could imagine yeah i mean that i've never experienced that but that seems like that would be a very difficult sort of like it's not great i've been there yeah (laughs) i've been there as a a preacher's kid it was like top of the list just like oh you said a curse word dang it now i gotta go repent like and you're just like worried all the time about stuff now i'm just living essentially as to a degree carefree because it's not burdening me it's not always like that monkey on my back that's like nagging at me about stuff i feel that about like a certain existential dread is also gone like the mm-hmm. idea that just this is it and my consciousness wiped out very similar like it's like some burden that i have to accomplish so much in my life and if i'm having like if i'm not fully happy and i haven't fulfilled certain parts of myself it's just like oh this is my one chance ever but now thinking you know it it just it takes a huge pressure off having to have every part of my life just so good all the time right. and you know yep. no one can do but it's i'm definitely a lot more relaxed a lot mm-hmm. more just like you know it is what it is yeah Yeah. i mean i'm still fighting to have a good life and accomplish everything i want and get myself as happy as possible and as accomplished as possible that being said thinking this is one of almost endless lives and Mm -hmm. it's like the difference between it's a bad day you know what i mean like a day where some parts are bad some parts are good you're like yeah that's a day you know like you care about your days but yeah, and that was alleviated. Yeah, one of the other things that Nancy talked about in our interview with that one was like reincarnations of things. So like, you know, maybe this one wasn't that good. We could, maybe this life wasn't the best that it could have been. I could have another shot at a different life after I'm done. I'll just you know reset, try again. Yeah, yeah. which is that's a that's a, a a fun thought experiment and a real brain twister too. Which you really start thinking about it. I, for one, will say one has been plenty for me. I don't want to do this again. Um, I'm completely cool chilling on the other side once this is all over. I'm True. I'm cool. It's I, not. I've, whether that's because I've done this a whole bunch of times, like I've been told by so many people, like, oh, you're an old soul. Like, I met, I, we just moved into a new neighborhood not that long ago, and I was talking to a couple of uh, the other parents in this new neighborhood we moved into. <laughs> Um, and one Sorry of the moms. Oh, no, you're, you're fine. fine. 
one of the moms had definitely been in the wine bottle pretty heavy. And she's like, I feel like you're like, do you do like yoga professionally? I'm like, no. <laughs> and I don't know walk, if dude. I should take that as a compliment or she's like, you're just such an old soul. I feel like you should do yoga. I'm like, okay, well, thanks. I'm not um, a guru yeah. lady. Yeah, no, not a guru. You know, whatever. Hey, she maybe, figured maybe out. He figured out that the 42-ounce Stanley Thermos cup fits an entire bottle of rosé and was out on a wine walk. Oh, she was she was into that How bottle. Would I? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, I said that to say I'm cool. I once I'm done with this one, I want to go to the other side and chill and whatever that looks like, friends, family, I don't know what it is, but I'm cool. This has been good. Um this I'm good with the last hurrah here. I don't know if we have choice in that or not. That's I don't know if we thing. do either. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, I think, what Nancy said. And I think she said, if I remember right, and I granted this was, you know, probably a couple months ago that we talked to her. But I think she said you do have the option if you want to run it back. You don't have to. In, yeah, I, I, and there I don't something know. To the, like to that effect in there. And I, I, now I'm going to have to like go back and listen to the entire thing to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. And. For me, when you get to the point of like trying to pin it down, you know, that's like trying to put it into a box. Yeah. And like, that's where I start to get like, I don't think we can really box any of this up. You know, I don't, I, again, I think the key here is we don't really know, you know, it's, it's going to come, it's going to happen to us all. All three of us sitting right here talking to each other are going to die someday. It's going to happen. Father time's undefeated. And when it comes, it's going to be okay. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. There's there's something on the other side that's way better than what this is right now. So, and when that time comes, we'll, I'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. We'll all figure it out. Yeah, you know? for sure. Don't yeah. stress about I, it. I just wonder if it's better, though. I don't know. I mean, it's probably all different states. I would guess there's probably all different states of consciousness, each with their own joys and difficulties. And I would bet that we also... Re- would live other lives on other planets. I mean, there's how many multiple, almost infinite galaxies, mm-hmm. like, oh, at least in terms of infinite, infinite, what our minds can, numbers, can, our minds yeah. can wrap, mm-hmm. can understand. And there's no way we are the only planet with intelligent life. They're finding more and more solar systems, more and more Goldilocks planets like ours. And there, I just find it really hard to believe there aren't just, hmm, Billions of populated planets in the whole universe. There's possibly a multiverse. So my guess is we would experience different planets, different forms. Yeah. Some physical, some non-physical. There's probably other dimensions. I mean, we're already getting hints that of multi-dimensions with string theory, and I I think string theory ties into this in some way. Yeah. (laughs) There's going to be one day, maybe not when we're alive, but it's all going to come together, and somebody's going to figure out it's all connected. Maybe we'll get to figure that out on the other side. I think we probably do figure a lot more out on the other side. I think we got a lot more perspective what went on here, but there's probably Mm -hmm. a bunch of mysteries that we don't understand in that state of consciousness. I just find it hard to believe and I know this is more what religion says, but that like we're here and then this is the one life and then that's it. We're living in this whole other state of consciousness for eternity. Yeah. And it's bliss. I'm like, there's, there's probably just so many different experiences and states of consciousness and ways of being and we probably just try so many different ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let me, if- let me let me put it this way. I hope when I leave here, when I'm done in this meat sack, that I get to go be in bliss. Cause that's that's all I want. <laughs> if whatever I say or my opinion matters here at all, and I don't know or think that it does, I'm cool. Just going to the other side and just hanging, brother. Like that's all yeah. I want to do. Yeah. Would you get? Bored without anything. That's what I was going to say. Like, bliss would be cool for a while, but then I feel like I would just get bored of being happy all the time. Not that I want to like. Have you ever seen the show called The Good Life or The Good Place with Kristen Bell and I've Ted? I've seen clips, yes. It was one of the. It was one of the very few NBC shows. I do not. I'm a total. Sh- Snob when it comes to shows like Succession, I love it. Like HBO guy through and through. I hate sitcoms. This one was at, it was like the acting was corny, but they did it very intentionally to be like very corny, funny, and I loved it. But it's all about you know uh, a girl dies, she goes to a place that's called the good place, supposed to be like, be like heaven, and she's there on accident because she was a shitty person, and then it all kind of like spills out really beautifully to like really in such a corny show, like explaining in depth, or not explaining, but trying to take a look at what existence might be on the other side. Um, and this is a huge spoiler alert. If anybody's listening that's ever going to watch The Good Place, um, you might not want to listen right now. It's not, it doesn't like spoil the oh, show. No, I haven't watched it yet. But in, okay, in the end, she goes to the actual good place, the true good place. And there's a thousand things that happen in between. And it, she's with her partner, um, her like husband, if you will. And eventually, you know, they're living in the good place. And one day there's like this gate you can walk through that like leads to a field. And then you're truly like gone. You're truly like dead. And that's what happens to both of them. They both eventually spend so much time in the good place. They're like, I'm done. You know, like uh, we're bored here. Like we're bored of heaven. Like it it can't be any better. And that again, mental masturbation time, like does boredom exist? Like, do we exist in this conscious state or, or what, or, or is there consciousness or, or is there even any sort of like emotions felt or are you just in a perpetual state of being like, again, like you could look at it from so many different angles, you know, we'll sit here for another three hours and waste everyone's time. I personally think this is the way that I describe it to people. And this isn't necessarily science-based or evidence-based. This is just the way that I personally think of it. I think if any of us sat down with the creator of all of this, whoever, whatever that might be, and they tried to explain to us what was on the other side, it would be like me sitting down with a cow and saying, okay, today, cow, you're going to learn algebra. And by and that's this week. And then next week, I'm going to teach you English. And in five years, I'm going to have this cow doing algebra and writing novels. Never, ever, 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 ever. It's it's impossible. It's not going to happen. And that's the way that I view whatever happens next. Like, I just don't think. And maybe, again, that's my little brain being like, this is just the only way to understand this. You know, you'll never get it, you know. Um, but. That's personally what I, how I view it, I guess, if you would say. I, I 
growth aspects of that. Um, the difference is I'm not convinced there's a creator, but I think like a lot of near-death experiencers, and they've only experienced a tiny bit. They're a very selected group because they come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we know, it's not like someone has been on the other side and recessed, you know, we're high, what's the word? Like the fro- when you freeze the body. Oh, freeze, cryogenically frozen. Cryogenically frozen and 20 years later come back and they're like, I was on the other side for 20 years. Yeah. They were there for. We're bringing Walt Disney back any day now. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, I think it's a little bit like, did either of you ever see the movie Flatlands or the video of Carl Sagan when he tries to explain, like, the how he would explain our dimension to someone a dimension below us, like what that would look like? And he tries to explain the. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like all near-death experiencers, and they just see a tiny portion. Will say it's inexplicable, and I think that has mm-hmm. a lot to do with like you can't explain one dimension to another. So if you mm-hmm. were to try to explain our dimension to a consciousness that was living in um the two D world, I guess we're a four D. Are we three D or four D? I, I think we're we're four D. I think we're four D. If I'm if I remember right, because we have you know. X axis, Y axis, and then the Z axis of mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Okay. So in Flatland, they were shown um, a consciousness that was like in a two dimensional or three dimensional. They had um, like forward, backwards, left, right, but they didn't have up, down. Mm-hmm. And then they had time. And so they were trying to explain what it would be like if someone in our dimension went into the second dimension or went into the flatland dimension. And it was just certain things were inexplicable. They looked magical because they looked like it would appear and then disappear and appear and disappear. But really they're just going up Mm. and which is so normal to us. And then if you ever look at representation of a tesseract, the fifth dimension, it's just, we can't understand it. And then Carl Sagan shows what it would be like trying to show also what the third dimension is like to a, second dimension to our fourth dimension is to right. a three dimension um to two dimension spatially consciousness and he was showing okay he did a, he showed a reflection of a cube you know when you were a kid would you ever draw like 3d cubes yeah. on your paper yep. yeah so Still they do. would just ex- yeah i, I said <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He was showing that it would look like so they'd be moving flatly through it. And let's say he showed it where it's like on a white piece of paper and he the dark lines. He did it through reflection, but let's picture you drew it with like a black marker. Mm-hmm. You would experience it as it's light, it's light, then this little space of dark, it's light, it's light, it's a little space of dark. You wouldn't be able to get if you go sideways along the line, you stay in dark a long time. And you know, so you would mm-hmm. never get the perspective of looking at the at cube. cube and you would never yeah you would never comprehend a cube so that i thought was really interesting and i think it's a little bit like that when we try to understand the next dimension mm-hmm. but there could be dimensions beyond that there could just be multiple it's too much for my little brain right now <laughs> yeah that deep into really it. Understand yeah that. for real right. well whoever multiverses me is i hope he's doing well um I think yeah. at uh, at this point we've been going whew, about an hour and a half and it's been great. Oh my god! Um, yeah, it was so fun. I lost myself in our conversation. It happened. Trust me, it happens on this on this show more often than it doesn't. We will just look up and I'm like, oh snap! It's been an hour and a half. We should probably wrap it up. The attention span of the viewers is gone. Um, so I think at this point we'll we'll end on this question that we ask all of our guests um, when they come on. Uh, this little 
little uh, question that Alex has come up with, and I have a mental whiteboard of where the answers rank. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll let Alex do it because this is his little his little question is his brainchild, um, and then we'll go from there. My question to everyone is, and this is a loaded question. You wouldn't be the first one to be like, "Shush, I don't even know where to start." Um, so take as much or as little time as you need. Um, why do you think we're here? What do you think our goal as humanity should be? Um, what? Why do you think we're here? Essentially. Oof. Okay, so yeah, I'm taking a little bit of... <laughs> the initial reaction we always get. Yeah. I mean, no one really knows. So I'm going to say one theory I have, and then, like, what I've heard some others say. Like, I would guess... I can't... I do feel there's a purpose. I just don't feel it's, like, a Darwinian accident the way I used to think. So I would guess, and this is just a theory, because, like I said, I think we live in multiple, multiple dimensions... Uh, and different states of consciousness. I think, like, when you thrive here, you're either working out your own shit and trying to get happier and healing things, or you're helping others. So I think there's some way, I would guess, that there's, like, different consciousness that maybe are even below whatever this dimension is, and they're coming here maybe sort of heal and work through stuff and that's why you know you try to heal people emotionally when they're here in a lot of ways and you try to heal yourself so they're trying to move to like a higher state of consciousness and this is kind of like a filter mm. and then some say it's just to love and to feel love i to me i said there i can see a profoundness to that but that also seems a little simpler than i would guess it kind yeah. of so I, I you know and they'll say and I, I and I have also heard that it's to help others and I I think there's something to that I think that's part of it I think definitely gotten yeah. that would be my guess. we've gotten that yeah. answer before uh one of our yeah. first guests this year hit us with the basically just be a good person and help everybody you know help people and yeah I was like yeah so yeah we've it's it's interesting we like we like asking that question um, and then keeping, you know, a mental Easy note. <laughs> yeah. Keeping a mental note of what everybody said, because it's interesting from our side, um, knowing everyone we've had on to see their different perspectives on what they think the um, purpose of humanity is where we're at. And I think it's probably one tiny bit of like a big picture, I think. I, I think we try to also make ourselves more important than we are. Like, again, amen uh, there's definitely some people that are really good at doing that yeah yeah but even like not people who are assholes about it like even like the house <laughs> of religion like you have one life you're here and then you go to heaven and this human experience is the only experience that's it yeah for this eternity. like that just seems i mean our it's too narrow it's too narrow so much bigger than we can understand yeah space is bigger than we can understand so i think this is just one little speck in some much bigger much, much bigger picture would be my guess. And my mental whiteboard, I'm not going to rank you with others. I'm going to put you in your separate category of mind bender. And we're just going to oh, leave it. Okay. We're just going to leave it over there. So we've got, you know, our okay, rankings. Dad. And then Liz is over here at pretzel land where we've just <laughs> warped my brain cool. into a pretzel. But it's funny. Badass. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. 
it's funny how everyone's has been so similar at its core, but also so different and unique at the same time. You know, if if I can explain it that way, um, I I'm not just saying this to again like for podcast sake or like to to gas you up or whatever. Like I I'm genuinely gonna walk away from this podcast and go be a stepdad and a husband and like go to work and everything this week with a different viewpoint and I like with a a, a different again little tool in my tool belt of like okay we're just piecing this all together and i don't again in my own idea i don't think i'm ever going to get it all together but at the same time just one little step closer like okay we're just figuring it out you know yeah it is and i that's why i love doing this podcast because i take all those little nuggets from all these different episodes that we've done and somebody said something i'm like oh i talked to somebody that has you know kind of an answer for that you get to like Here's what they think, you know, and I, you know, I kind of think, you know, the same way now because they changed my perspective and people are like, what? <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, dude, now you have that little nugget. Go forth and prosper. Like, I, I love that. It's yeah, it's it's fun. <sighs> I thoroughly enjoy where we're at and what we're doing. Ben, it's great. Ben and I say all the time, our devout Christian friends don't really love talking to us about this stuff. And our devout <laughs> atheist friends don't really love talking to us about this stuff. Because they find themselves very frustrated when it's like they are very frustrated and confused, and it when you don't participate in the what about isms, you know, of a of a debate or whatever, um, it can be frustrating because there's no real answer, there's no tangible, concrete, reach out and grab it answer, but there's something there, something there. Well, Liz, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us tonight and uh and being on our podcast uh it was it was awesome and again i'm gonna steal alex's words i'm not saying that as a podcast host just to blow smoke or do the podcast host thing it really was uh a a great uh a great interview a great chat um really have been bending my mind you know around different things and it was it was it was fun it was great i had a good i had a great time the link to Liz's website and her Instagram and where you can buy her novel um, will all be tagged in the show notes of this episode. So just whatever platform you're streaming on, um, just scroll down to the show notes and go give Liz a follow, buy her book, check out her podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I learned a lot and had such a good time too. Awesome, so I appreciate it. Love good. Well, you'll you'll have to come back on again sometime. Again, like we ah. tell all of our guests, open invites. So whenever you want to come back on again, you get some new revolutionary information, or your second book comes out, you can you're more than welcome to come on here and promote that and and talk about your experience with that thing as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll reach out to you when my second book comes on, or if you want me on anytime, Perfect. re-reach out as well. Yeah, for Thank sure. You. We have uh, we have the information. So yeah, thanks again, Liz, and you have a wonderful rest of your. Uh, it's just still kind of afternoon over there. Late afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah afternoon ish. So yeah, I don't know where you guys are, but oh yeah, wait, you're He's, it's early evening for you. Yeah, Alex is uh, in Omaha, and I'm all the way over on the East Coast in Jersey. Okay. Yeah, I'm in New York half the year. So nice. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, Great. thanks again, and you have a wonderful night, okay. chat. You guys, uh, thanks for hanging out, and have a wonderful night as well. And as always.
Make sure you tell someone you love them this week. Life is short. It's precious. Find somebody right now. Get on your phone. Get get on your phone. I'll give you a second. Get on your phone. Okay. Think of somebody. Think of somebody. Hmm. Who haven't I t- talked to in a while? Hmm. Who do I really care about? Hmm. Oh, yeah. That person. That person. Okay. Find them. Send them a text. Say, hey, I know this is random, um, but I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you and I love you. Okay. Do that right now. And I love you guys. <laughs> See you guys next week. Okay. Oh, that was so fun. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Whenever it's um, ready to listen to other places, just send me the links. I'll share on my social media. Will do. Oh. Oh, okay. Yes. So tomorrow. Just let me know. Send me the links to all the platforms and I'll put um, a clip to YouTube and a link to YouTube and then I'll put a link to like one of the other apps and just say listen on all apps. Sweet. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, that's the app. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Liz. It was a pleasure meeting you. You as well. Have a good day. Bye.